Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Sabi Sema Era podcast here on Spidey-Dude.com, powered by the Spidey Dude Radio Network. Before we get started, we got to thank our friends over at Patreon.com slash Spidey Dude Network. Finkman, Scott, Greg, Kale, Phoenician, Georgia, Cindy, Jessica, Catherine, Kegar, Laura, Master Dramon, Ed Reynolds, Allison Farquhar, Vicky, Scott, Janelle, and Vanessa. Thank you guys for your support over on Patreon.com slash Spidey Network. What do you get if you're over there on Patreon? Well, you're going to get some exclusive podcasts with the Spidey Experience, going to get the exclusive Books of X podcasts, as well as the video version of Voices from the Eerie, a Gargoyles podcast. That is going to be the home for all the all the video episodes of that particular show moving forward. So if you haven't checked it out, go over there, become a $5 patron and up, and you get to have access to the full Patreon page. But if you just want to support us and give us a buck, we got $1, $5, $15, and $25 tiers. The higher the, the higher the tiers, the more perks you get. So check us out over on patreon.com slash Network, And be sure to join our Discord. Go over to spidey-dude.com, click the Discord link at the top of the page, and it will take you to our Discord. Join us where we uh, have discussions, and every single show has its own spot on our Discord. So thanks for listening, and we will see you on the next episode. back to another exciting episode of the spectacular Sal Basima Air podcast as we dive into Acts of Vengeance. Vengeance. And I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I am definitely not Dr. Chris, but I'm Drew. Glad to be here for the ride. Let's do this. Drew, what do yes, you sir. know about uh, Acts of Vengeance and what it was about? I, I admittedly gotta be, I, I don't really know a lot. I just know that it happened, and Loki was involved. Yes. And there were villains, and that was about as, as much as I knew okay. going into this. So I was pleasantly impressed. Up until this point, I guess most Marvel supervillains were regulated to their Marvel hero. And every once in a while, like, I mean, hell, it happened all the way back in Amazing Spider-Man number 5, Volume mm-hmm. 1, 1963, that Doctor Doom fought Spider-Man. And Doctor Doom was, an, was a Fantastic Four villain. Mm-hmm. He 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 didn't initially go to fight Spider Man. He actually wanted Spider Man to team up with him to take down the Fantastic Four because he knew Spider Man broke into the Fantastic Four headquarters. Wow! Greater Marvel Universe people, Doctor Doom's eyes are everywhere. So he was like, Spider Man, he's a menace. People hate him. He'll be on my team. We'll take down the Fantastic Four together. And eh, wrong answer. Do you know who he ended up kidnapping? By the way, who? It's Flash Thompson. Dear sweet God. <laughs> The worst person to motivate Spider-Man to do to save. So, years later, uh, this gentleman appears to all of the major supervillains: Doctor Doom, the Red Skull, the Kingpin, Magneto, Doctor uh, No, not not Doc Ock, uh, and uh, the the new Hollywood star, 
the Mandarin or whatever the hell they're calling him in that movie, which you have to go see. I'm not going to spoil it, but they don't Ari's call him the Mandarin. Yeah, the the Mandarin is a is a joke into the film on itself, which is great. I am named after mm-hmm. a chicken. They know they named it. They they named him after an orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was oh, that was the best part oh. of that movie. Anyway, so all of the major villains of the major superheroes. You know what I mean? Spider Man, I guess, didn't have a representative on that team. <laughs> no, he really didn't. But you know what's the funny thing about it, Chris? Is like later on, I realized I was like, wow, this is essentially kind of what they did for King of Hearts. Right. Like it was. It was just okay. Well, we're all now aware of each other, so why don't we just use each other to take out? our respective heroes right that's exactly what they did yeah i mean yeah uh and that was all you know orchestrated by whoever was in part of order uh 60 no that's star wars um order 13 (laughs) whatever the whatever the gothic black cloaked organization that mickey joins as well as basically the 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 main villain of that seemed to have been maleficent in at least the first two Right. I haven't finished the third one, and I'm going back to replay all of them. It's taking a hell of a lot longer than I was expecting to. I might. I think this is a bad idea. I might just go back to the third one and beat it. <laughs> I do not have the time. Ten video games in a series like Kingdom Hearts. No, it, it's the it's the pure nostalgia. Yeah. Um, so anyway, in the end, it's revealed to be Loki, and Loki is trying to basically think that. Because, like, Wolverine's never fought the Mandarin before. He has the Mandarin go fight Wolverine in Uncanny X-Men. And Doctor Doom goes Mm -hmm. to fight the Punisher over in the Punisher's book. And things like that. And to some degree, it does work sometimes. Because the Avengers, up to this point, were on a floating base. Hydro base, I think they called it. And they get attacked by whoever. And it gets sunk and destroyed. And Avenger Mansion's, Mm -hmm. like, underwater. Mm, there you go. Which, by the way, sucks to be an Avenger because that's the second time in like five years that Avenger Mansion has been completely destroyed. Yeah, it's. It, 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 I mean, I still think the X Men Mansion has the the takes the cake for most destructive, like most destruction in history. I still remember that that quote from Joss Whedon's Astonishing, where he's like, "You know, next time let's just build the next mansion with Legos." Yes. Uh, I was just like, yeah. Spider-Man's Acts of Vengeance storyline actually starts in Amazing Spider-Man Volume 1, 326, where he fights Graviton. But this is not part of the Cosmic Spider-Man storyline, so we're not actually going to be covering it. Even though Dr. Swan and a couple other characters that are involved with Peter getting those cosmic powers uh, do show up, but the overall storyline doesn't have anything to do with the Cosmic Spidey story. It's a standalone issue unto itself almost. Um, I actually have this story, this comic book signed by Colleen Duran, who was the penciler of it. She was at Boston Comic-Con a few years ago. Yeah, she's great. I yeah. She's so such good work. So the story starts properly in Spectacular Spider-Man number 158, which is published December 1989, so roughly October. Uh, I don't have the exact publication date, but we're not going to do that. Editor-in-chief right. is Tom DeFalco, cover artist and penciler is Sal... Jerry Conway is the writer, Mike Esposito is the inker, Bob Sharon is the colorist, letterer is Rick Parker, and editor mm-hmm. is Jim Scalarup. Peter, still reeling from the unusual fight with Graviton, a villain he's never fought before, uh, is swinging through the city to meet his wife and their friends for dinner, and his spider sense goes off, and he nearly gets killed by the trapster, Pasty Pop Pete, who first appeared way back in <laughs> Tales to Astonish. Caught off guard, Spider-Man is sent slipping, falling through the ceiling of the diner where he's meeting his wife, and along the way, the trapster defeats him. 
Grateful that her husband is still alive after the trapster leaves thinking he's killed Spider-Man, they go back to the apartment so Peter can have a shower before he has to go to Empire State University, where he is trying mm -hmm. to once again get his, like, forever never able to attain doctorate uh, until Doc Ock does many years later. Anyway. <laughs> uh, the Kingpin, still angered over crap involving Spider-Man and Daredevil, uh, passes through a door and meets up with the Wizard, who is a Fantastic Four villain, Magneto, best known as the Master of Magnets from the X-Men video game, also the longest-running X-Men uh, villain ever, and Doctor Doom, mm -hmm. who we mentioned, of course, is the villain of the, of the Fantastic Four, just in case anyone is not familiar with who these characters are. Uh, the Trapster assures him that he has killed Spider-Man, however, the Kingpin can't possibly conceive uh, it since the Trapster didn't have his body, and the Trapster says, fine, I'll go back and get his body. Meanwhile, at a federal courthouse in Pennsylvania, Joe Robinson is attempting to appeal his prison sentence, do you remember that plotline, with him and his family and J. Jonah Jameson and their lawyer Cynthia Burnhammer, who basically looks like um, white Amanda Waller. Basically. Yeah. Cynthia tells Joe that things are not looking good for his appeal, and this prompts daily photographer uh daily bugle photographer dix katzenberg to snap a photo and come up with a snappy a snap, snappy headline and he tries to romance burnhammer i'm just yeah this is something else uh katzenberg's a yeah. sleaze bag and i'm not that just like what the oh no okay. anyway moving on uh joe robinson also hears from J. jonah jameson that the legal fees are being paid out of his personal funds since he is no longer the publisher of the daily bugle because it was bought by thomas fireheart aka the puma a couple issues ago on monday mm -hmm. morning peter is assisting with dr max lumpson's and his latest invention the device that is teak that is seeking to tap into a mysterious extra-dimensional energy source. And Peter is concerned for their safety. He pushes the professor out of the way and is zapped by it, but he seems perfectly fine. However, his spider sense goes overboard into Haywire, and Pasty Pot Pete comes looking for Spider-Man. He confronts the Trapster. Surprised to see the hero alive, the Trapster is prepared, activating a device on his belt that triggers a missile launcher hidden inside his van. With the missile approaching him, Spider-Man fires a web line in hopes that using it to redirect the missile away from him. However, in his panic, Spider-Man ends up accidentally nearly killing Pasty Pop Pete, and to his surprise, he seems to have extraordinary powers that he's never had before. So far, it's just unusual and strength and an insane amount of spider sense. He feels uneasy about what could have caused these dudes' powers to emerge and is scared by the amount of power he could possibly be wielding to be continued. Indeed. So the cover, um, which I think has been a cover that has been reused uh, a oh, few yeah. times. Now the strongest hero in the Marvel Universe, with the Marvel Universe lettering being like the way it is when you see Marvel Universe. The Trapster really chose the wrong time to pick a fight with greater power, Acts of Vengeance. I, honestly, I have to be honest with you, Chris. I think this is one of the favorite things I've reviewed with you. I did not realize how much I really have always been interested in this story. The entire thing is fantastic. Um, right. It's funny because I never knew, I only knew of Pace Pot Pete because Deadpool has always made a point to mock the shit out of him seeing him in this context and he's still just a fucking joke but this one he honestly got the drop on peter and it's just so great it's basically i think the only person who can make peter feel worse getting defeated by would be frogman right definitely who by the way does show up in our spectacular run eventually there you go. Uh, the Paste and the Power is the name of the title, or a very sticky situation, which is a callback to uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle, because they would always have two titles for their episodes. Uh, the, 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 the ginormous ass eyes on Spider-Man in these panels is reminiscent of the other guy doing Spider-Man right now, who's about to leave the book, Todd McFarlane. 
Right. Yeah. Pete's paste does not look as much like paste, but maybe it does. Maybe it looks like the Elmer glue paste. Yeah, it's more Elmer glue paste. Right. And and like I said, and I just enjoy that Peter, he survives. You know, he's just like, oh God, I just can't believe I was taken out by this loser. Right. And then, and then he's just, defeated right in front of his freaking wife, crashes right, yeah. through, right in front of her. And she's like, oh, my God, Peter, don't make me a liar. I mean, I'll never forgive you. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, Peter, I mean, Spider-Man. Um, I was like, MJ, come on, man. Um, he, then you have the, the, I gotta be honest with you I think the weakest story like the one that I just didn't care about which is awful because it's Joe Robertson I just kind of didn't care about that anymore I was just like oh yeah that, that's still happening right and then well, well, you have Burnhammer which is like you said is a, is a clearly Caucasian-esque version of DC's Amanda Waller and you have Nick Katzenberg who I just want to get hit I want to see him like get hit by a bus I'm like go away the way, um, well, let, before we get there, uh, the way Sal draws MJ in this green dress is uh, breathtaking. Absolutely. Tiny, tiny, tiny waist, tiny figure, uh, just puts the curves in exactly where it needs to be. Um, yeah, it's it, it's not image style where she's a, she's an anorexic uh, hourglass. No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, definitely draws her like the way she should be a supermodel. The Kingpin doesn't show up a lot in this run of Sal Basima era podcast. But um, his mm-hmm. tower will at least uh, oh, several times over because there's going to be a couple other gang war crossovers that we're going to see. I never understood the design right. of Kingpin's tower. This, the way it, the way it is, it's so like '80s style Art Deco ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just so funny because what I just enjoy is that he does that the same thing like the Avengers Tower does. Like it's just it's there, right? Like you 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 always see it. It's just that nice reminder that no matter what. He's always there. He's By the way, there. earlier I said the Mandarin was in this meeting. The Mandarin is part of this cabal of main supervillains, but it's actually the wizard, so I correct myself. Oh. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and then, like, all this is great. But the, the thing that I just enjoy is that you, again, have the trope of an older scientist who just like, no, everything's going to be fine. We're going to test this device. No worries. I've done this a billion times. And you have the young kid like, did, did, did you check it to this morning? I think so. Kazoom, the sound effect makes. Yeah, exactly. And then you got Peter doing the, the hero sacrifice. The No, push out of the way. He takes the full blast. Right. Um, and he grabs the electrical cable, uh, which would have killed a normal person but he's able to just absorb the energy without any problem. And then, of course, his spider sense kicks into overdrive, and this is exactly the type of thing that would happen to a teenage Clark Kent when his super hearing Mm -hmm. kicks in. And on Lois, Superman and Lois, he teaches his son about how it, you know, with the help of his father, it took him to control his super hearing. And he Um, uses it quite often on that show, too, especially when he has to find... Uh, his son or whatever he goes above the planet or whatever and you just hear like everything yeah. and then he screams right. out his son's name because he knows the only person on earth that would ever hear it is the right. villain who took him and his son it's 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 a rather great exactly. use of superman's super hearing that i never get to see used in the movies but this is the equivalent mm-hmm. i would see this as with peter with uh his uh peter tingle <laughs> yeah oh god still getting over that yeah um yeah and it, it's still so great like I, what i enjoy especially is like he barely can understand his his recent and considerable power upgrade, but the first thing he does with his powers, he overhears Trapster looking for his body, and he's like, "That's it, I'm, it's payback time because you made me look like a jerk in front of my wife. 
And she was in that green dress. She was looking nice. You got that wet, and I hate you. And I'm just like, Peter, just let it go. You're essentially a god right now. What's I, going on? I don't understand why the Trapster has a missile in his van. That's not Trapster's M.O. You know what it is? It's because I'm with the big guys. So he's like, he's got to overcompensate. He's like, I'm a small fish, but suddenly I'm hanging with sharks. Like, I got to go big. And I'm just like, what? The belief is that the that the science experiment, and I guess it will get explained in uh, the Amazing Spider-Man issue, uh, where he fights the Tri-Sentinel, is that the extra-dimensional power source that they tapped into just happened to be the Captain Universe uh, uh, Omega, whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, yeah, that the uni power, yeah, the uni power, the uni power. Yeah, the uni power. Well, listen, these days anybody can be Captain Universe. Hell, even Deadpool's got a ride on that at one point. Did he? Uh, thank you. Yeah, Tim Seeley's uh, Thanos versus Deadpool. Oh, okay. And Venom was recently Captain Universe because uh, it was the only thing that they could use to defeat Null. Null was omnipotent, unbeatable. Mm-hmm. The only yeah. thing that could stop him was uh, Captain Universe. And honestly, I thought the last time we had ever seen Captain Universe was back to the Annihilation Conquest. Yeah, and then I remember we saw in spider-verse yeah well um, that was a different universe i was gonna say that but yeah but you're you are right the spider-verse uh spi- yeah. in, in spider-verse a spider-man kept the captain universe power which was in an issue of what if what if spider-man had kept the captain universe power yeah and it's it was i mean he was powerful and he, he put up a good but he was still still lost you know yeah um, because he's basically a super snack for the uh the inheritors pretty much so but and then I gotta be honest with you, Chris. Like, I I loved seeing the giant web hand. Like, I was like, oh, that's so cool, you know. And then just the way that that uh, Sal draws it, like, it's just again, it's so realistic because it's it's clearly a gigantic ass hand, but it's still webbing, and it was just it was just great. But what I enjoy is that you see how freaked out Pete is. He was like, oh, why? Like, why are you suddenly more powerful? Like, shit. By the way, like, I didn't know that um is X23 the Wolverine girl clone that was in the movie? Yeah, Laura. Okay. Laura so, Kenny. I didn't know X23 or the Invisible Woman had become Captain Universe. Oh, shit. I didn't know that either. That's awesome. Yeah, it happened during a story called Chaos Theory. I, I that story came and went so fast. I don't know what it is. I, you know, I I mean, I always feel bad when I hear about those stories cuz I feel like they're they must they might be better. Than the ones that get so much publicity, and then I just feel they're meh. You mean like uh, the upcoming Marvel event? Uh, where were you when the Timeless. lights went out? Oh, oh, you're talking about Dark Ages? Yes, which is starting soon. You know, I'm actually optimistic for Dark Ages because because I of the big stake in... of Tony losing his leg. Well, no, I mean it was more because I uh, Tom Taylor is doing that. And, oh, you know, he he. In my mind, he's proven that he can handle the these. He's kind of like the DC Marvel what if dude. Right. So, you know, and and I I mean he proved it with injustice that he knows what he's doing when he takes alternate universes and um yeah, I am I'm fine. I was talking more about like the one that they're doing with Kang, Timeless. I'm like, I don't care. I was like again, I was like Marvel, I know you're doing that thing where we're tying into what's happening in the movies so everyone feels like they're on the same page, but I was like Kang. Okay, you said Kang. I thought you said Kane. 
Kane, Kane, the Spider Kane. Clone, because Kane. you, you uh, yeah, 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 because we yeah. all know what's happening in Spider Man coming up soon. Ben Riley yeah. returns. I can only assume that like the Jackal will be back and Kane. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, Kang. Kang the Conqueror. Yes, Peter uh, defeats the Trapster. Worried about what's going to happen, and we got the to be continued in the pages of Web of Spider Man number fifty nine, which is done in this mm-hmm. cool little spider webby issue thing. There's no yeah. letter pages in this issue. Real quick on what some of the ads are in this issue: Jordan versus Bird one on one game for the Nintendo. That was the fight of the century, right? Oh yeah. Operation Wolf, also a Nintendo cartridge game. Bubble Bubble. Also a Nintendo cartridge game. Mega Man 2. Also a Nintendo cartridge game. There's a theme here in this Marvel comic book. I'm, notice, I'm noticing. Yeah. Acclaim Masters of the Game Controller. Also a Nintendo uh, advertisement. Bionic Commando from Capcom. Also a Nintendo advertisement. Uh, we got the Taxon. I don't know what this is. Now that you've shot down a few, here's your chance to see one up close. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what this is. It's got what looks like a Xenomorph alien... Oh, it's a Nintendo game. Star Soldier. Okay, so it's another Nintendo uh, advertisement. Wrestling World Championship. Guess what system that's for? Also Nintendo. Let's say Nintendo. Yes, okay. TCR, Web of Gold, board game. Not for Nintendo. Tiger Electronics, uh, Double Dragon, Gauntlet, Simon's Quest, and Jordan vs. Bird. Not for Nintendo. And then we got the ad for he has one night to find out who killed him. The Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. 364 to 367, Countdown, a four-part murder mystery by Peter David. Uh, I remember reading that. I don't remember who the outcome of the uh, the story is, but it has the uh, Hulk fighting the Abomination, the leader, and the Shannon Venture female thing. Well, listen, if it's Peter David and it's Hulk, it's going to be good. I mean, that guy, rare, like... There, there have been a few times I have ne- that I've ever not read uh, that I've ever read a Peter David book, and I've very rarely ever said, "Oh, this this, this is not good." Uh, he's always entertaining. Right. Um, all right. I'll handle the synopsis for the web. Uh, the uh, web. Uh, yes. Spider-Man web of Spider Man number fifty nine, part two of the Cosmic Spidey shenanigans. Yep. Right. So the title, uh, this storyline is with power. Uh, again, you have Jerry Conway as the writer, Alex Sabuk. Who we've seen throughout our, our run uh, came is the is the is the penciler, Keith Williams is the anchor, Bob Sharon, Rick Parker, Jim Salakrup, everybody's still here, and of course the editor in chief is Tom DeFalco, and so we're basically literally as always picking up right where we left off from Spectacular Spider-Man 158. Peter is brooding because that's what he does on the roof of his apartment. Mary Jane comes up and he's like, I'm losing my mind. I was regular and now I'm more power than I'm going to do. And uh, Mary Jane tries to reassure him saying, you're still the man I love. You'll always be responsible. And Peter's like, good pep talk, babe. I've got to get to work. So he goes off and Mary Jane's like, oh, I wish, you know, you know, you would think more about stop worrying about, about your decisions affect others. You start to think about yourself. Hmm. Then Dr. Doom you know, Mr. Act Vengeance, Dr. Doom, he's like, yo, I've got an idea. So he tracks down Titania, you know, the uh, She-Hulk villain played play by uh, the woman, now I'm going to be played by the woman who played Tahani in The Good Place, which I am still skeptical, but I'm optimistic because she is a good actress, but I'm like, Titania? Uh, that, also, that by the way, t- uh, Titania was created by Dr. Doom during the Secret Wars. Exactly. So, you know, so Titania hopes that Dr. Doom is going to say, hey, why don't 
you bought our She-Hulk again because you got a thing together, which has been an ongoing thing for like ever. But Doom is like, no, you got your ass whooped last time. That's not what we're doing. We're not pairing you up with people that, that you know, that just like me and the Fantastic Four were somebody else. You're yeah. going to target Spider-Man. But apparently, after the last fight they had, she is ridiculously afraid of her. But of course, Dr. Doom can't take no for an answer. So he decides to use advice to alter her emotions. And he basically convinces her, hey, Spider-Man's weaker. And he tricked you when you're in battle. So she's pissed. And she goes to the Daily Bugle while Dr. Doom is like, hey, hey, I can watch this and learn more about his Dr. Doom being Dr. Doom is like, I know Spider-Man's new powers. This will help me study them. So we're back at the Daily Bugle uh, with our new with our new boss, Thomas Fireheart, a.k.a. as we know, the Puma, um, who says, hey, guys, we're not going to think Spider-Man's a criminal anymore. We're going to look at him as a positive light. Peter Parker is there. Nick Katzenberg is like, no, this sucks. So then we have Kate Cushing is like, oh, you're just as biased as Jonah, but in a different way, you need to be balanced. So Tom is like, okay, I'll hear what you have to say. And then we find out that apparently Nick Katzenberg, um, who believes, who I uh, guess thinks this is being a sellout, we find that apparently he is crushing on Cynthia Burnhammer. That is the Daily Bugle's lead counting Joe Robertson, you know, that guy. And rightfully gets teased about it because, but of course, Spider-Man, Spider-Sense, or Super Spider-Sense now, it's going nuts. Because Titania then comes in and says, hi, I want to know where everybody is. Of course, Peter sneaks away to change into Spider-Man. And of course, Thomas Fireheart does the same, except he knocks out Kate Cushing so he can change into the Puma. Titania is threatening Nick Katzenberg. And I'm like, why? Just so many better people you can threaten. But the Puma uh, basically attacks her and Titania knocks him out a window. Spider-Man saves him. And then the wall crawler and Titania are going to fight. Um, he, he, Titania throws him out the building and yet somehow Peter lives, it's impossible he would literally be dead, it's a 30 foot fall and he's chugging off Titania who Peter is strong, he can lift 10 tons he can withstand certain superhuman blows he's still a human being Like Titania should literally be beating the shit out of him um, you have now Spider-Man and then Puma is in there, Puma basically rips the costume that uh, stops the remote camera that Doom was using to control Titania. So Titania freaks out. But when Spider-Man's like, oh yeah, you, we're good. You've been fighting for the last 20 minutes. She was like, oh, okay. And then fights him again. I was like, Peter, why did you open your mouth? Like, God damn it, man. So Peter can't stand getting his ass whooped. He unleashes a powerful blast of energy, knocks Titania out. His spider sense is going off. He says, oh shit, I got telescopic vision. Just like Superman as Chris pointed out earlier. He is a real... He, like, this is all being watched by Dr. Doom, who is, again, even more determined that he needs to get Peter's new power. And that's where we end the issue on. Oh, right from the beginning, um, skipping over Peter's brooding, um, like I said, Titana was created by Dr. Doom. Um, she is a piece of work, a villain. Uh, the only time I think she ever had anything that I gave, really gave a shit about was... Um, Right after the Clone Saga, she got, like, fried to a crisp, like, Freddy Krueger's, like, prom date. And Absorbing Man was, like, knocking over banks to uh, get money to save her because you, 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 you need money for some things. And you can't just, like, you know, steal stuff if you don't know what it is. So he needed the money to fix her as an operation because uh, she was, like, badly crispy. And the only other time yeah. I gave a crap about her was when she was part of the Red Hood's Illuminati 
for a little mm-hmm. while, and she found out Titania. Yeah. Uh, sorry, she found out the Absorbing Man had been um, brainwashed as part of the program that Maria Hill did with all the supervillains to brainwash them against their will. Oh, uh, shit. I know exactly you know what I'm talking about? The story ends with Cap becoming young again, but he also gets rewritten into Hydra Cap. Yeah, you're talking about, uh, crap. I know what you're talking about. It's the one where they all made them think there was other people living in a little yes. town with yes. the cosmic cube. Yes. Yeah, that, that, oh, God, what was that called? I also do not see, okay, it's fine. I also yeah. do not see Disney Plus doing this outfit with the incredibly no. plunging neckline down to her freaking navel. God, no. Absolutely. I mean, she literally has... She's literally wearing like a Vampirella-style costume. You will never see that on Disney+. Plus. They can zip down the zipper as much as they want with a little cleavage on the Black Widow, but even then, if you watch the newest Black Widow movie, she's kind of zipped up a, a bit. Yeah. Her mom, her sister, no cleavage. A lot of that was Joss Whedon, yeah. which... Going forward, know about Josh Whedon is, you know, whatever. So we will see how sexy the costumes look going forward in a lot of ways in a lot of Disney properties because they're pretty buttoned up uh, as of late. Now the Eternals are all wearing, you know, fancy-looking dresses and stuff like that, but I guarantee we're not going to see, like, Selma Hayek showing off her, you know, 10 out of 10 swimmer's uh, bikini body like she does on Instagram in that movie ever. Mm-hmm. So no, but, I, I just I, I I but however the actress who's playing her did play a very sexy character on The Good Life. Good place. Good place. Excuse me. She was a supermodel. So yeah, she was great. Yeah, it will be job. interesting to see how they handle certain female characters' costumes going forward in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because it is Disney. Right. So I mean, like I said, I, I'm I'm interested. Obviously, uh, you know, I, I think anybody, if you're right, well, if, you, if you're well cast, one will do a good job. Um, I just find it really amusing that, again, ignoring Peter's brooding, because, I mean, once you've seen one, you've seen them all. Um, you know, I just find it amazing that the real villain here really wasn't Titania. It was Dr. Doom. Like, the guy literally is, in true Doom fashion, is treating his fellow villains. They're not equals. They're test. They're guinea pigs. Yeah, no, like, he... I mean, all these villains have an ego. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, Doom has the, wor- has the best slash worst ego. So you got that going for him. And, you know, I just enjoy, like, she's terrified of him. And Doom, Doom was like, no, nah, I still need the research. Click. I'm like, God damn, man. Now, it's never going to be touched upon in this book, but if you read the actual Axe of Vengeance Avenger book, which is most of the Avenger titles uh, tie-in, uh, to Acts of Vengeance because there's two Acts of Vengeance books. There's the um, the crossover stuff and then the main storyline. The main storyline was in Avengers, uh, Avengers West Coast, Iron Man, um, a couple other books. Not even Captain America was included in that. But over right. in the crossover book, which has Spider-Man like picking the Grey Hulk up, um, that's all of like everyone else in the Marvel Universe. Like the Punisher 2 issues that I mentioned where Doctor Doom goes after the Punisher – or the cosmic Spider-Man stuff, or anything that happened in X-Men, uh, where like again the Mandarin fought Wolverine, um, which I bought that issue because I was flipping through it as a kid, and I swear to God, it looks like Venom is attacking Wolverine, and I didn't know anything about Acts of Vengeance. I didn't know who the Mandarin was. I barely knew who Wolverine was at this time when I read right. this issue. But it's Wolverine naked in a white room, and it looks like Venom is attacking him. It's so bizarro. It's such yeah. a bizarro issue. But anyway, um, in the Captain America, in the Avenger book, 
the Red Skull makes more than one anti-Semitic comment about Magneto. Not to his face, but in his thought bubbles. And then over in Captain America, fucking Magneto buries the uh, the Red Skull in like a in like a metal wall to suffocate to death. Yes. Of course he does. He I mean, does. Why not? Because he's like, um, and the Red Skull is like, but I wasn't at Auschwitz. He's just like, I don't care. You're still a Nazi, and my parent right. killed in the camps. You jackass. Right. <laughs> Still a piece of shit. It doesn't matter. I don't so. give a shit about anything you're gonna say to me, you Nazi trash son of a bitch. Do you know how the Red Skull gets out of it? Because you think Magneto would have killed him, right? Oh yeah. But nope. Mark Grunewald, who was writing the comic Captain America at this time, Mar- or the mm-hmm. late great Mark Grunewald, he uh, mm-hmm. obviously you know could not kill off the Red Skull by no. Magneto. It would make sense in the real world if Magneto yep. killed the Red Skull, but we can't have that happen. Crossbones no. ends up um, finding the Red Skull because the Red Skull activates some signal thing in his like boot or whatever. Yeah, right. Because Crossbones um, is you know, loyal you know, lapdog. Yeah, and, and you know what's nice is that this this issue was a little bit more like, what I enjoy that by Conway doing the different storylines is he's able to focus on different assets of Peter's life but every, again, everything moves at a nice pace. Nothing feels rushed. Everything feels explored. So you feel like you're seeing all of Spider-Man versus high. We're just focused on Peter Parker. We're just focused on just Spider-Man. Like right. The, the, all the Daily Bugle stuff is great. And, you know, the characters, everybody feels like it's it's a real character versus high. We're literally fragments of the same conscious mind. Also, you this know? whole, this whole um, the cover... Having Titania, Titana, excuse me, Titania fighting Puma is like a page. It's one punch and she knocks him out. This is a woman who can go toe to toe with She Hulk, who is just a quarter below the power of the Hulk. Um, And Mm -hmm. Puma is, I mean, he's a fucking Spider Man villain. And he just gets batted away. And Spider Man has to save him. And he's like, shit, now now Puma's going to owe me again. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I want to get out of this guy's favor so he can leave me the hell alone. Yeah, unfortunately, Uh, you just saved him again after Puma, um, by the way, was trying to pay you back for all of the bad misdeeds of hunting you down, thinking you were a criminal. By buying the Daily Bugle and restoring your reputation in the public's eye with like good publicity and good newspaper articles about mm-hmm. you, which is supposed to have been the debt cleared away, but now Spider Man just saved his life, so it's like yeah, fuck. So now Puma owes me again. And and and, and again, what I also enjoy is that Peter yet again, you know, he's getting his he's getting whooped again by someone who's clearly out of the weight cast, and even he has asthma. Like yeah, I should be dead or severely injured. I just fell thirty stories onto the street like what's going on like these new powers are great and he unleashes all of the power of captain universe at um titania and uh i guess if you're a long time captain universe fan or if you knew who it was you probably would recognize the power surge coming off of spider-man and it's also funny again uh right afterwards he discovers he has another power he has x-ray vision (laughs) yep and so it's just again more and more becoming basically another superman before there were at least seven in the Marvel Universe because, geez, there's so many these days. But another great moment is that you have Titania. She's super strong. She's, like you said, she's, like, I, I remember when I first learned about her was during Dan Slott's She-Hulk run. You know, she showed up. And then um, she's been pretty prominent in 
Al Ewing's um, Immortal Hulk mm -hmm. in Gamma Flight, uh, along with uh, her husband, Absurdy Man. And it's just, you just you, like, she's scared of Spider-Man. And I'm just like, and then Peter has to be like, yeah, we've been fighting for like 20 minutes. Like, I don't really think you're scared of me. And she's like, oh, really? Great. And I'm just like, Peter, why couldn't you shut your goddamn mouth? Oh, my God. Okay, so yeah, she's uh, currently running around right now in that Gamma Flight um, yeah, series, book. right? Okay, it's the spinoff mm -hmm. of the Immortal Hulk. Yeah. Which is ending, I think, soon, soon right? October. Because Tony, um, Donnie, Donnie Capes is launching Incredible Hulk number one again. Right. And then Al Ewing is going to do Venom. And I guess everyone's theorizing he's going to do the same thing for Venom that he did for Immortal Hulk, which I'm like, I'm kind of hoping he doesn't. But he does. I don't you see know? that. No, I I do not. See, do you know why? Venom is not Eddie Brock now. Well, yeah, that's it's his saying. son. Right it's now, his it's his like twelve year old son, say. Dylan. Right, it's Dylan. Right, you know. I don't. Oh yeah, no, I know. Yeah, it's a child as Venom, which I'm like, okay, what are we doing with this? The twelve year old <laughs> looks like the twelve year old should look like a twelve year old, not. Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock is like you know old man Eddie Brock now, and and right. uh, God of the Symbiotes. It's so funny because I remember I was writing an article about that for Screamant that basically the new Venom is basically Marvel Spawn, and then I just had to draw the comparisons. I was like, yeah. By the way, like, speaking of Spawn, you know what came out this week? Uh, I assume it's something Tom McFarlane related. So King Spawn number one. Oh, oh, the, oh! The new, the new uh, image bestseller. The new ongoing, yeah. yes, yes, and apparently it did do very well because it sold over like seven hundred thousand copies. Yeah, it's it's one of Image's best selling comic in years. It's since Walking uh, Dead. Yeah, pretty much since and, the early uh, days of Walking Dead. Let's just say early days of Walking Dead. Yeah, and it's just like the way that like, they were. Well, going I'm I'm, I'm sorry. Let me correct that before someone corrects me in the comment section. Not the <laughs> early days of The Walking Dead. I am aware of the early days of The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead did not sell. It sold okay. It sold enough to keep being printed. It wasn't until the TV series came out The Walking Dead fucking exploded in subscriptions. Uh, uh, yeah, and Saga. Exactly. And true. Saga also uh, is a big hit. But I don't know if Saga ever hit over 700,000 copies. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I don't know. I know it's a critical darling. I know I still have mine. Right. Um, but, but yeah, no, King like, Spawn number one. Like, yeah, just the way that it was being written was very, like, I saw flashes, especially the way Eddie was, and then you get the new Spawn. I was like, this is very Spawn and Cogliostro. Right. Um, well, But, like, yeah, back back to what I was saying. Back to, to the, the actual point, book. Yeah, the actual, what we're reviewing. Um, it ends, and then it just ends. I mean, every single, both of these issues just seem to end with the fight over with, um, and Spider-Man yeah. being like, what the hell's going on? And, uh, and, and then it, and it always ties back into Acts of Vengeance. Like this right, just but here's really... the thing. I don't remember there being a Doctor Doom versus Spider-Man Acts of Vengeance issue, unless I'm not remembering. No, um, there is something, I seem to recall, like, he did something where he, like, it's either him or some villain. Oh, 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 oh. He sends the Hulk after Spider-Man. I, I, I something like that. I just remember there was one where a villain he, was able to absorb the power that Peter had, and and he would he would fight him, and then Peter just overloaded him because yeah, I guess the villain had a bad heart. Right. But, also know, I, I, but the Gray Hulk, Mister Fixit, does fight Spider Man. Yes, he does. That I, that I do remember, and I also think because I, I remember because from my Spider Man book. Um, I remember overreading the the Captain Universe section. I also think Spider Man will face Magneto. 
in the next uh, the next part that we're going to cover. Yeah. Yes, because we're going to cover the entire ah. Acts of Vengeance uh, Cosmic Spider-Man story. Yes, it's amazing. 327, this is, by the way, uh, drawn by... Uh, uh, this will be our next episode, and that issue is actually drawn by Eric Larson, not Todd McFarlane. This is the beginning of Eric Larson's run. Todd would do the Hulk issue because right. that was, you know, that he started Marvel on the Hulk um, mm-hmm. during the Gray Hulk, too, by the way. Um, and nice. then uh, Eric would took, took Eric takes over the book permanently after that. Oh, nice! With the tri nice. with the tri sentinel storyline, which is the last part of the Acts of Vengeance. Um, and we'll do a recap of the epilogue of Acts of Vengeance. There's so just so mm-hmm. people know, it runs through all of the Spider-Man books, and then there's two issues of Web of Spider-Man that act as an epilogue to Acts of Vengeance, where all the villains, uh, let's just say all of the shitty villains, not Magneto, because he really does yeah. not care about Spider-Man, all of the shitty villains go back after Spider-Man for whipping their asses. <laughs> of course they, of course, uh, yes. Of course but but yeah, so like I said. Um, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying this. Uh, it's a great fun story. Yes. And honestly, I I I I'm so glad I'm finally getting to read it because I didn't realize how much I subconsciously I've wanted to. So thank you, Chris. This is great. Uh, but yeah, um, no. yeah, we we're gonna be on Acts of Vengeance for several issues, uh, several episodes because we're covering all of the Cosmic Spider-Man storyline. Right. So that will okay. include issues of Amazing and. Uh, both as well. Sweet. Yes, by the way, you're right. It's um, Spectacular Spider-Man. The Cosmic Spectacular Spider-Man 160. Doom shows up in that, and he's got a stupid robot that he's just like, Doom's not going to be stupid enough by this. He's going to send a robot. It's Tess 1, which is a really stupid, lame Marvel villain. Yeah, so you, you're right. That is uh, when Doom shows up, but it's 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 yeah. basically the only time Doom will actually try to take on Sand. Just an FYI, after this, uh, we will be... All right, let me pause real quick so I know to edit all this out. So after the Cosmic Spider-Man storyline is over, we actually might have a guest return to the show. Um, my friend, Kelly, uh, the uh, spectacular... Mayday cosplayer uh, Spider-Girl because uh, we begin a three-part storyline involving the return of the Hobgoblin and and Carry-On. Nice. Yes. Spectacular Spider-Man 161, 162, and 163 involve Spider-Man and Carry-On and the Hobgoblin and, of course, Puma, because he's gonna be, he has to be a side character in all these stories. <laughs> of course. But, yes, it, it's actually uh, some of the deepest uh, art in the, um, the Sal Basema era podcast because this is the demonic hobgoblin, and Carry On mm-hmm. is a walking, living uh, Miles Warren corpse. Oh, sweet. Oh. Yes, definitely. And at that oh. point, we will be knee-deep in the Ben Riley um, Spider-Man saga happening in the current book. So, you know, uh, Miles Warren will hopefully probably be making an appearance. Do you know he showed up in the Spider-Gwen book, Ghost Spider? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not surprised. Yeah, because he's like, oh, you mean Gwen Stacy from another universe is alive in this one? <gasps> Do you mean? Do you think I have a chance to fuck her now? <laughs> oh God! Yeah. I'm yeah. not even kidding. They wrote it as metatextually as they possibly could of like the creepy old Miles Warren being like, "Ooh, Spider Gwen from another universe," and she's over eighteen, so it's like totally legal. Gross. <laughs> yeah, just no. Please just stop. Yeah, and Spider Gwen well, found I- out that Miles like literally cloned a Gwen Stacy from the Gwen the Gwen that you know died cloned her just so he could fuck her. I, I I can. Thank you, Marvel. Like, like, like oh, who thought this was a good idea? Jerry um, Conway. 
Yeah, I guess so. That is all the time we have here on the first part of Acts of Vengeance. Indeed. Yes. I can't wait for the next parts. Y'all are in for a real treat. And please, for the love of God, if you don't take our word for it, go out and read these books. They're really great. Yeah, this is a offbeat Spider-Man story because he is a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, but with the powers of Superman. <laughs> exactly. So, yes. You know, read those. Where can they find you, Drew? Uh, yeah, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I write for Screen Rant, so you can just look me up on Screen Rant. I work with Chris on his project. Uh, I still have yet to find photos that I feel will actually accurately be good ones of Spider-Man to send to him. So still, the search continues. I'm 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 I'm, I'm busy. So. Just leave a message up to the people. And we'll be back in two weeks with the next exciting part of Cosmic Spidey's Acts of Vengeance storyline here on the Sal Basema Era podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for listening, guys. Have a good one, and come back next week for more Vengeance.